Hey everybody, you're listening to the Behind the Scoop podcast, a podcast that's dedicated to highlighting incredible people from the MENA region and sharing their stories. I'm Omar, and in this episode, I have who is considered to be the fastest female swimmer in Egypt and Africa, a multi-medalist and a three-times Olympian, and so much more. Farid Osman, hello and welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. So I want to start from the very beginning. From what I understand, you wanted to be a professional swimmer at a very young age. Yes. What drew you to swimming in the first place? Okay, so this story, probably like a lot of um, the listeners are probably aware of the story, but I'm just going to explain it because it's honestly, it's because of my brother. So really, I started, yeah, I started off swimming when I was four years old. So my brother, Ozzy, he's four years older than me. Okay. And my parents just wanted us to learn how to swim, you know, just like as a soft skill. So in case yeah. we go to say Luna, whatever, uh-huh. um, like we would know how to swim in the sea, you know? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So in Not the beginning, it was more... throw you in the pool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Throw me in the pool and then we'll see what happens. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but luckily, yeah. I actually enjoyed it. Like okay. after learning, obviously, how to swim, I realized how much I loved the water and I felt so free. And also at the same time, I'm a very competitive person. So I think with swimming, it's a very competitive sport. You know, it's all about like times and numbers and fractions of seconds. Of course. So I think like just the combination of, you know, swimming, being in the water and like being competitive is just worked out, you know. So the coaches kept telling my parents like she should join the national age group team okay, because they can see like. I have potential and Mm -hmm. yeah, exactly. So I joined the team and I swam my first national meet when Mm -hmm. I was 11 years old. Okay. And I remember as if it was yesterday, honestly, it was literally the funniest swim meet. I don't know. Like, (laughs) why? you know, when you, when you, when you first like swim with, Uh literally people you don't know so you're literally Uh not aware of like who's fast who's not who i should be looking out for you know it was just like literally i'm going into the swim meet not knowing anything even back then so you you were you're looking at who do i compete with at a very young age even then at like 12. yeah i mean i mean you obviously want to be aware of your competitors when you race because you Uh obviously want to win a gold medal Mm-hmm. So walking in, I honestly did not know anything. And I think that's what made it so much fun. And okay. I went in without any expectations and just like having fun. And I ended up getting four gold medals. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So I think like this is how I started. Just like at the age of 11, I joined the national team when I was 12 years old. Mm-hmm. I was the youngest swimmer in the national team. Mm-hmm. And then since then, just like competing nationally and internationally. Well, I have a question about that. Uh, this is going to be a, like a, a strange question when it comes to like you're now or back then, even as a kid, just doing training. Of course, you have to train for these competitions and tournaments and so on. Uh, does swimming for you become like um, not a chore, but when you want to go for Sahel, for example, or if you're just going yeah. to swim in the sea, does it does your brain automatically go i'm competing again or 
I'm just having so fun. it's funny it's, it's funny you say that because literally whenever I go to Sahel or anything and if anyone like recognize me they're always like do you want to race already and I'm, like, <laughs> and I'm like i'm here in Sahel, like i'm just here to enjoy but like even when my friends like mm-hmm. have a pool party or whatever i like do not enjoy it at all because i feel like it's like going to your job you know on your day mm-hmm. off yeah exactly you know, it's that's like kind of the same feeling that's essentially honestly, any any body of water is the office for you now yeah but honestly i love the sea so i can like go to the beach and enjoy the sea no problem at all and i but i just think like with the pool it's just not so much (laughs) (laughs) okay well well growing up on you again you said like you competed in several tournaments around the world eventually the olympics uh what was the motivational goal that pushed you forwards through the years so i think for me honestly like the biggest highest most competitive competition in swimming is Mm -hmm. the olympics so that's like the highest stage of uh, competition in swimming Mm -hmm. so obviously when i was young i would just think like i want to go to the olympics that that was my dream Mm -hmm. but when you're young you're not really aware of how big that dream is but Mm -hmm. i remember like this well i think that's a good thing yeah, exactly, because like it adds pressure later, <laughs> you know, and I, I feel like I really enjoyed just like when I was young and actually just enjoying the sport, not really thinking about expectations or pressure, just like literally going to competition after competition, doing my best and mm-hmm. like see what happens. Okay. And honestly, like the older you get, the less feeling of that you have. And this is where I feel like sometimes elite athletes miss that part of the sport the fun of it all the being the yeah young the fun inside. yeah exactly the young kid inside the fun like not really thinking about pressure and expectation just like literally doing your best and whatever happens happens okay and throughout these these competitions what how did the challenges for you evolve like for example at the very beginning it was just you and other children having fun and then it was i need to focus more on my time then yeah my style of swimming how did that evolve for you so obviously like in each age like the pressure and expectations just changes because Mm -hmm. when i'm in high school i'm thinking about going best times Mm -hmm. and like good enough times that would help me compete internationally so maybe it could help me go to a good college in the u.s so the u.s is the best uh in swimming Mm -hmm. like best in the world so i knew i wanted to go to college at a university in the u.s Mm -hmm. so i can like swim but at the same time go to a good university Mm -hmm. so i think like in high school that was like what i was really focusing on just like improving my times because i really wanted to be good enough to be able to join a team in the u.s and compete for them okay you know like the college Uh so i went to university of california berkeley i stayed there for four years um i uh, major in marketing and advertising and the, honestly like the older you get the challenges change you know so like in high school that was like my goal and then when I went to college I wanted to improve on the international level because I would represent Egypt internationally but when I was in college I would represent 
the U.S. or the, the, uh, the university. The, the university, exactly. Mm-hmm. So I think the older I got, the more um, achievements I Oriented. achieved. I, yeah, exactly. So I think like once I got my first international medal, it was in 2011, and that was the first um, Egyptian male or female to medal at World Junior Championships, and that was in the 50-meter butterfly. Mm -hmm. And then after that, like each competition you go to, people start expecting that this is the norm. You know, yeah. like you already got a gold medal here, might as well just get another gold medal, like there. you know, and so but, like, on, and wish... on and on. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I wish it was that simple, but mm-hmm. obviously that adds expectation and pressure. So I think throughout these years, I really learned to just focus on myself, my training, and what I'm doing. And then whenever the competition comes, I would just race and see what happens. And I think like the more I adopted this mindset, the more um, I realized that I'm swimming for myself first and then for the rest after. Second. And and speaking of like training for each competition, does it change or is like there's a difference in of course you'd know more than I would like the training for a competition, like for example, something in regards to Africa compared to the Olympics? How does that training change compared to that one? So I believe that I train my best in whatever competition I have. Like I always like to go to the competition that I'm competing in, in the best shape possible. Okay. So whether it's African championships, Olympics, world championships, I always do my best to train my hardest. Mm-hmm. And then, um, Obviously, African is weaker than World Championships. World Championships is a little weaker than Olympics because mm-hmm. Olympics is the highest stage. Mm-hmm. But I think like as each big competition came, I learned how to perfect my training, I would say. So mm-hmm. um, I would get more experience and I would know what works for me, what doesn't work for me. And I think like this works best for this. Exactly. So I think like learning your body, learning what you need in swimming and what works for you as an athlete, adopting that as you get older and more experienced into the sport really helped me perfect my race, if that makes sense. That does. I don't know if I I got a little technical with you. (laughs) No, 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 it does. It absolutely does. If I would think of it, because I'm a gamer myself, I'm not a a huge athlete. If you look at me, I'm actually 170 kilos. I'm I'm a big guy. So (laughs) I think about it as as a game, like a higher level. The boss level would be the the Olympics and so on and so forth. You are a three-time Olympian, essentially. Did each of them have a unique experience or were they all the same it was definitely different okay how so so my first was in london 2012 mm-hmm. let's see i was 17 maybe and i was just there for the experience you know mm-hmm. like it was me and another egyptian guy representing egypt so we were only two swimmers okay and i think the first time was just you know to for the experience you go watch other athletes like get to know how the olympics is as a field mm-hmm. you know you're staying in the olympic village and you all eat in the same dining hall so i think the first time for me was just for the experience 
Okay. And then after that, it was Rio 2016. So Rio 2016 was completely different. Like I was the only girl, but we had like five more swimmers with us. So we were like a bigger team. Mm -hmm. And at that time I was in peak college shape. Okay. You know, so I went there, um, semi-finals in the hundred fly, hundred butterfly. And obviously then it's like you're within the competition. Okay. You know, you're not just there for the experience. You're there to actually compete and perform your best and represent Egypt the best way possible. Okay. And then in Tokyo, so, you know, Tokyo got postponed one mm, year yeah. because of COVID. So that added to me personally a lot of challenges mentally i know a lot of athletes around the world also struggle with that mentally like mm -hmm. adding another year of olympic training so mm -hmm. olympic training obviously like you're focused and like you're pretty much training your best because you want to perform your best at the olympics mm -hmm. so mentally that was working well for me but then when you add another year of that that just like adds pressure and it's like you're training your body like a machine and it's ready to perform at this time at the, on mm. this day, you know, but and then suddenly you get, exactly. So mm. that just like added a lot of, you know, pressure, just like mm. mentally for me personally. And I think other athletes as well, because COVID year was not easy, obviously on a lot of people, like sometimes we couldn't know when we're going to go train next. But my point being is just, exactly. So my point being is just like the third Olympics. Yes, I mm -hmm. had the most experience out of all three. I learned so much about myself as a swimmer, as an athlete. But at the same time, sometimes little things like, honestly, it's not little. Like I know mental health is a big deal. It is. And I just think like mm -hmm. mentally there, it affected me. So it affected my performance okay do you know what i mean yeah yeah of course um mental the thing is uh, when you're getting you're essentially getting psyched out even before you go so you're you're mentally drained before before you even get to tokyo so yeah that must have affected you in, in a lot of things not just about your swimming uh so i can totally understand that of course you, you said like training at the time you're adding a year but of course that year a lot of the locations have must have been locked down and you couldn't even get to a pool. I'm assuming that, yeah. especially in the U.S. How did you work around that? So I think I was lucky enough to have a good group of people mm -hmm. around me, like swimmers. Mm -hmm. We would do a lot of things together outside of the pool. Okay. So we would like do a lot of fitness outside, like run, just like, I think it was honestly the best time to explore new sports outside okay. of swimming. Okay. And I think that was really helpful because sometimes, you know, swimming gets really repetitive. So it was nice to do something different because now you have all the time in the world and you still need to be in shape. Mm -hmm. And so it was the time to really explore different things. Okay. And uh, of course, when you when everything eased up and restrictions eased up, you got back into the pool as fast as possible, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I actually went back to Egypt okay. when it was peak COVID. So I was in the U.S. like until March, because I remember March 2020, COVID hit really badly. Yeah. And I think 
the goal was just trying to get me back here in Egypt so I could be with my family and, you know, friends and just be home mm-hmm. during this difficult time. And I think the goal was just literally find flights yeah, to get course. home. You know, yeah. that was a really hard time then. And I remember all U.S. athletes got, over. Yeah. Everything exactly. got locked down. Everything stopped. The planes got stopped, essentially, at airports. It was worse. <laughs> <laughs> it, was. Yeah, it was. But luckily, luckily, I got home and I was able to be here with my family great. during COVID. And yeah. is, is your family a, a great support system? Yeah, honestly, mm-hmm. they're the best. Like, awesome. I know that sounds cliche, but I think really, like, without them, I wouldn't be able to achieve or perform everything that I've done. Okay. And you've, well, post, uh, post-COVID post or even before COVID, you've traveled to several countries around the world during competitions. Is there a certain country that you love competing at? Uh, I love the I love Budapest. Uh-huh. I think Budapest as a country was beautiful. It was a lot of like sightseeing, but at the same time, I love the competition pool in Budapest. It's my favorite one out of everywhere around the world. And I think every time I compete in this pool, I go best times. Okay, we need the the Olympics there as soon as possible. I know we need it. There. <laughs> <laughs> well, winning winning several medals, competitions, and titles, uh, is there one that you are most proud of? Yes. So it was in that comp- in Budapest competition <laughs> pool. <laughs> I told you it's a good yeah. luck pool. Okay. So the 50-meter the butterfly, it was World Championships. It was 2017 in Budapest. Okay. And I was the first Egyptian ever to medal at World Championships. So it was definitely something very special to me. And I was really proud of that moment. Amazing. So I told you, it's the Budapest pool. Yeah, we need, we need, we need a copy of that in every <laughs> competition ever. <laughs> I know. And, and I think Egypt and you will be number one everywhere. Every year. <laughs> well, uh well, uh, there's something, this is kind of different wise, because winning and losing are both sides of the same coin. How do you handle coming in second in a race or in a competition or anything like that? Are you hard on yourself or do you just focus, okay, next time I have to do better or how is how does that work for you? So personally, I have this rule, like whenever I'm upset about a race, like whether second or just the time was not good enough for me. Mm-hmm. I give myself 24 hours of being negative and upset and mm-hmm. sad and I can cry. But I think after these 24 hours, I just literally flip a new page and try to learn from my mistakes and like look over my past races and see what I could have improved and what I could work on in the future mm-hmm. so I can be better moving forward. Okay. So essentially, you let it all out in 24 hours, and just yeah, after have. that, you have to move on forward. Exactly. After that, it's a switch. Done. Okay. Let's see what I can improve. And do you let your friends and, and people around you know nobody talks to me in that 24 hours, or they might die or something? <laughs> Sometimes, honestly, it depends who. Like, if it's my family, I would love to have them. Okay. Like, 24 hours because you know they're my support system and i can like lean on them and maybe talk things out okay but so again it depends on who gets to be with me during in front of that cannon (laughs) (laughs) like like you have a warning outside your door like nobody comes in (laughs) 
and because like also it's like who can really handle it you know it's like <laughs> okay so this question is for is for you it's just like i believe that there's a difference between a winner and a champion the first one is essentially who just wins a few races and a couple of tournaments and that's it at most champion on the other side is one who consistently works and pushes themselves to continue to be the best at what they do now was there a moment for you during your swimming career so far where you felt you transitioned from the first one to the second yes so mm -hmm. interesting you're saying that because my tokyo olympics mm -hmm. experience taught me so much about myself and i think this is where i transitioned from winner to tail okay so let's say in the tokyo olympics i said like i said like i haven't performed my best mm -hmm. i knew i could have went faster times but you know things happen like this is sports you win you lose it's like how you get up when you're down. You know how they mm -hmm. always say like, it's about how many times you get up after you fall. Yeah. So after that, I obviously was so devastated and I took the time, all the time that I needed to really um, feel better about the whole thing and just recover in a way mentally to be able to move forward and look forward into the new season coming up. So the Tokyo Olympics was in 2021. I had world championships in mm -hmm. 2022. So that was a year after. Okay. So I think the champion or the champ mentality is how I was able to get everything I got from the Tokyo experience, all the negativity, I pretty much turned it into like a fire, you know, in my yeah. training so I can perform even better. Um, I'm not sure if you knew this, but I, like after Tokyo Olympics, mm -hmm. I got a lot of like backlash mm -hmm. in Egypt, like concerning my performance. And I think like that really hurt me, but I think I used all the backlash and the negativity into my training mover forward so I can pretty do much do better next time. Yeah. yeah. And I think that is sometimes not easy because when you're down, sometimes it's hard to get back up, mm -hmm. but I was really proud of myself to be able to change that and actually go even better times like best times ever at world championships interesting you said that a backlash part because i was going to ask you like uh, a champs essentially know that because it, it's not easy and it doesn't happen overnight there's a lot of pressure so mm -hmm. um essentially like looking outside people are looking at you are watching because again as you said they want the next medal they want you to do better and better better each time which isn't always the case because yes. there's outside factors with other players that can affect essentially receiving that medal at the end so does mm -hmm. that affect you and how do you act beside the pool or when, when knowing that everybody's looking at you at the time or do you block that out completely or and just focus it's you and the water or how um, so at the time, like during the Olympics, I never checked social media, but obviously when I was done, I checked it and it was pretty harsh. And I think me personally, I was very upset because like you're training my training. I trained like my best and I did everything that I could to be able to perform at my best in the Olympics. Mm -hmm. But like I said, things happen and sometimes it's 
out of my control that I don't perform as well as I thought I would have. But the thing is, I was really upset because, you know, when you give your all into something and then the result doesn't come, obviously Mm -hmm. it just affects you and you're down and you're mentally tired and you're you're sad. You know, it's normal. Mm -hmm. But I think like. Sorry. Oh my God, I forgot the question. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. It's it's essentially it's just knowing that a lot of people are focused on you so much that yeah. do you okay. ha- do you, do you let that in or do you just block that out? So or, uh, yeah, yeah, after after the Tokyo Olympics, yeah. I was aware of what what our people are saying, but mm-hmm. going into the new season, I told myself I need to block people out okay. because. They weren't really part of my journey. So if you're not part of my journey, how are you going to know whether I... How did, can you judge me? Did, yeah, exactly. How can you judge me? If you're part of my journey, if you're, like, you're my family or you're my coach, you are allowed to say any anything negative because mm-hmm. you were there throughout. Mm-hmm. But if you're not, like, how would you even know what I did? Mm-hmm. You've not you been know? through the same issues that I have. You have. Yeah. So I guess that you just learn to like, block it out eventually i think the best comment here is like haters are gonna hate no matter what even yeah. if, if you get a medal so yeah if you get a bronze medal they they're gonna say why didn't she get the silver if you get a silver they're gonna say why didn't she get the gold gold i don't like what she's wearing so there's always gonna be comment out out there that doesn't make sense sometimes people just forget we're also human beings like if you perform if you get a bronze medal it mm-hmm. does not mean the next time you're gonna get a bronze medal. Mm-hmm. Like you need to work twice as hard, train twice as hard to even maintain where you're at. Cause mm-hmm. like I said, swimming is such a competitive sport, like and it's all related to time, you know? Yeah. So it's literally you against the clock. It's not even like you against your teammates because yeah. it's an individual sport, you know? How do you balance your professional swimming career with your other pursuits, working, studying, and so on? So in the last year, I was just focusing on swimming. So professional swimming only okay. because swimming literally is like a full-time job. I think okay. people underestimate what happens behind the scenes, but it's not only training. You know, there's so many things in, like around practice there's mm-hmm. you go to the gym you do yoga you can do kickboxing there's recovery which is like massage or ice bath but also there's nutrition and then there's sports psychology so there are so many things around actually just practicing that are imported into like swimming mm-hmm. that i feel like it's literally like a full-time job because yeah, i can only imagine practice, <laughs> just just with practice like in the water only mm-hmm. that's nine times a week okay you know nine, and there's so many a, wait 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 how nine to- <laughs> how, how nine times a week so you could go twice in a day twice. yeah okay. so my schedule could like on saturday could be like morning swim practice then gym then another swim practice you know then go home fall on the couch (laughs) paint me a picture of how your day works how does a a, a normal day in Frida's mom's day work essentially so literally like it's i'm telling you it's a full-time job (laughs) 
<laughs> so I wake up at seven. I have practice, which is swimming from eight to 10. And then after 10, I go home, I have breakfast. And sometimes I have like just work calls. And I think with work, I'm planning on opening my own swim academy. So that's just like on the side. And then I would have gym from three to four and then swimming from four to six. Okay. So after six. Yeah. After six, I go home. I'm probably dead. I have to eat. (laughs) I have to eat. But at the same time, sometimes I would have to do like a lot of recovery things. So it could be like stretching or breathing or meditation or yoga. And just if I have the energy, I would try to meet up with friends. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I just like to think of where is Farida now? Is she swimming? She's definitely swimming. <laughs> she, she's not answering well, her honestly, phone. She's swimming. <laughs> Forget about her today. Um, so honestly, like, I think having a social life mm-hmm. is very important to me as a swimmer and an athlete. So mm-hmm. I tried the whole not having social life and just focusing on swimming. Mm-hmm. And it did not work well. Like mentally, I was just not recharging. And I feel mm-hmm. like I needed things outside of swimming that could actually bring me fun to stimulate my mind okay so i learned that honestly having a social life is a good balance but honestly you need to be obviously you need to be like have friends go out watch movies (laughs) exactly (laughs) but at the same time you always have to think about swimming and whether that going out or hang out with friends is going to take away from the end goal yeah. and your performance mm. hindsight is 2020 you look back you know everything already so mm. you have a time machine you can go back and change anything in your life would you or would you not and if you would what would it be mm, i'm trying to think that's actually a good question honestly i wouldn't change mm-hmm. anything because i feel like every phase and every you know part of my life led me to the other Okay. You know, so if I change something, it probably wouldn't have the same end result. Okay. And if you yeah. weren't swimming, what would you be doing right now in general? If I wasn't swimming? Yeah. What's what's your what second thing be? on and the things that you love most? If you weren't swimming, swimming obviously is for you is like breathing by this moment. You're, yeah. you're aqua woman <laughs> exactly. at this point. So if we'd remove swimming, number two is? So I love fashion. So I, yes. So I think athletes don't really have the time to dress up, you know, Mm -hmm. because training and you're always in sweatpants, your hair is always wet. Mm -hmm. So I really enjoy the days where I get to actually dress up and like, you know, do something that would. Glamorous. Exactly. Glamorous Mm -hmm. that has anything with fashion, like even events or like um, photo shoots or um you know just modeling on a runway that's mm-hmm. all these things all these things are super interesting and fun for me so why aren't you pursuing that instead of the swimming school so like you're swimming you're you have your swimming career and a fashion yeah. design office i don't know what it's so called. <laughs> that's the thing i <laughs> i wouldn't really design because okay. to be honest i suck at drawing okay. or like <laughs> designing but i think i enjoy just like the glamour so okay. like I could be the model or I could be okay. like 
You like you being know, in front I, of the camera, not behind the camera. Yeah, I think okay. I really enjoy makeup, dressing up, and like doing my hair. So like, I had a Vogue Arabia. I don't know if we're allowed to say, but I had a Vogue Arabia photo shoot, mm -hmm. and it was so glamorous that I was literally in a full-on gown in the pool. Okay, and that yeah. was like honestly my favorite shoe, and it was the most fun because it wasn't like the traditional cap and goggles photo shoot. So, so essentially, it, it, uh, do you have a like? This is like, do you, do you have a plan if you leave swimming or you stop swimming at any any time, or you're not gonna stop swimming? Um, so I would, I think competitively, I have like two years left in me. Okay. Um, I am 27 years old. I'm gonna be 29 by the next Olympics. Okay. So that's in Paris, 2024. Okay. I think that's pretty much old in the swimming world. Okay. Because like now teenagers, like 16, 15 year olds, year olds are so fast. And like, where did this come from? So can you tell me, Farida, in two years, you're going to start your modeling career? Um, I wouldn't say modeling, but I really want to do something with fashion. I don't know. You never know what happens in two years. Brands, if you're listening, now's your chance. I would love to model for you. <laughs> two years time, she'll be free and ready for you. Yes. <laughs> okay, perfect. We have that on record, so you can have that in two years' time. And this is going to be downloaded on the internet. You can share it whenever in two years' time. You can share oh, it again. perfect. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> from that, um, you have this title on everywhere. It's on your socials, on your website, a true princess at heart. What does that mean? Oh, God. <laughs> I like it. It, it, oh. it's perfect i i, I if you if you see mine account you'd have like you had a heart attack mine is like i am a um a, a burger addict uh, <laughs> a gamer, like, things I like think. that so, so i like i love the 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 princess the true princess at heart but what does it mean truly for you so i think for me um i always have the image of a queen or a princess just okay. like I know sometimes that has like bad connotation, but like you get to really pick the positive ones. So the positive ones would be like how you dress, you know, like how you speak to people, just like how you pretty much carry yourself around. Okay. And I think honestly, I enjoy I don't I don't want to sound like it's princessy, but it's like the pampering side of things. Okay. No, it's fine. <laughs> I understand. You know? I yeah. Thought, so uh -huh. continue, continue. I was just going to say, like, I think a lot of my friends call me princess or queen mm -hmm. because I pretty much have the same, I wouldn't say personality, but just like sometimes how I carry myself. Okay. Yeah. Like, do, do, do your friends tease you like, oh, the princess has arrived, things like that? Or <laughs> Honestly, no? I like was swimming, was uh -huh. swimming because I was the first ever to do like a lot of things. It, like I was the first ever Egyptian or African yeah. to do a lot of my achievements. Milestones. So I got I got the label of African queen and it's okay. honestly my favorite. <laughs> you're gonna change that soon, so you're gonna remove the true princess and add the African queen. Be like African queen. Actually, it's a really good idea. I should do that. If you have, <laughs> if you have the official uh, 
publication who set, who gave you that label just add it there i have proof <laughs> i'm I an african proof. queen <laughs> just add that on your instagram and it would be yeah. perfect <laughs> Okay, I have essentially just two questions. The first one is, what advice would you give young women who are striving to become a professional or future professional swimmers, anything like that? So I would really tell them and encourage them to follow their passion or dream. It doesn't have to be swimming or sports in general, but I think if you really have a passion or a dream, you need to have a plan to execute it. So like, My dream, for example, was going to the Olympics. So I think when I was younger, I always had this plan to execute. So each day I would do something that would get me closer to my dream. Okay. You know, like it doesn't happen overnight. Obviously, it takes a lot of discipline, commitment, like, you know, just hard work. Um, it just, it take, there's so many variables inside executing the plan. Mm -hmm. that you need to do um so i think just like my advice would be like keep following that plan and not really say that i want to be i don't know an olympic gold medalist but not really do anything about it put in the effort essentially yeah put in the effort like have a good mindset towards it and just do whatever it takes until your dream becomes a reality awesome and um This question is, is is a bit out of your career and your life, but have you seen the recent movie, The Swimmers, yet? Fellow swimmer, Lucan yes. Yostra Mardini. How did, I want your perspective as a person who's a swimmer, who's been in, at the Olympics as well. What were your thoughts? Honestly, I loved the movie. It was very emotional. I know Yostra, I, I don't know if you watch it, but Yostra, the swimmer, I actually know her personally. And I think it was so inspiring how they portrayed um, everything about refugees. Like, because mm -hmm. people around the world have the stigma around the refugees, you know? So I think it was a good movie to portray what really happens behind the scenes. And I think it was so inspiring how Yosra was able to overcome that and go to the Rio Olympics and achieve her dream. So that goes back to my point of like, she had a dream and did everything she could to achieve it. You and did, know? You, did you talk with Yostra about the movie afterwards? Um, so I sent her a nice message just saying like how proud of, I was of her and how inspiring her journey has been. And like everything she's doing with refugees, with raising awareness around the world is so important and powerful. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so we just like, exchange a few texts here and there great and can you tell us any do you have any future projects or endeavors that you'd like to share um so like i said i'm planning on opening my own swim academy it's still mm -hmm. in the works i haven't launched yet but hopefully it will be launched soon so i will obviously do a lot of announcements so stay tuned and hopefully okay. it will be something good in the making Awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for tuning in. Check out this podcast and others on our website, scoopempire.com, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Music, and every streaming service you know. Bye.